Thank you all for joining me again. Got a very, very good episode for you today. Going to be discussing some of the most recent moves by my personal favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, yes, you can laugh, you can say what you want, but you know I'm in it. I'm in it for the long haul, and been a fan for I'd say around four years. Uh, well, I really ever since uh, you know I was indoctrinated with the Toronto Maple Leafs. My dad being from just outside of Toronto, and him being a big Maple Leafs fan. So yeah, with my dad being from Toronto, being a Maple Leafs fan, it was always on the television, and uh, you know, always, always there. And I think you know, it, my my love for hockey slowly developed over time. And in the past four years here, um, really just has blossomed, and I've really come to love hockey. Uh, and so I feel like I have uh, some good opinions on the game and some good knowledge I can share with you all. So that's why I'm here. And without further ado, let's get right into the recent moves the Toronto Maple Leafs have made this offseason. The first trade we see the Toronto Maple Leafs make is uh, Maple Leafs receive Matt Murray, 25% retained. Uh, 2023 third round pick and a 2024 seventh round pick in exchange for future considerations. So basically a cap dump for the Senators perspective. They're getting rid of a guy who makes eight million. I do believe was his contract signed way back forever ago. And they're moving him to the Maple Leafs, and in the Maple Leafs only have to pay. It's around 4.6 million. I say only, uh, which you know that's a pretty big chunk of money. And the Sens are just done with them, uh, and you know, good for them. I guess they get to move some cap. He was a backup goalie for them, really, with Philip Gustafson really taking the crease and um, really coming to the fold here in this last year, really getting a lot of opportunity. And so it makes sense from their perspective. They're not using him, and they free up, uh, you know, around $6 million for themselves. Well, I guess it's not really around. If he, if his salary was $8 million before, and the Leafs are only paying him 4.6, you know, that's, that is around $1.4 million they retained on him. So, uh, or, or sorry, $2.4 million they retained on him. Uh, so so there, there's that, and, and you know, I I have faith in Matt Murray. I think he can be good, um, but we'll have to see. I mean, he's he's 28. You know, he's he's still uh, young. He's really just coming off of being an RFA. I believe when you're 26 years old, you're still considered a restricted free agent, and that's you know, that's the young period really when you come into the league, 18 to 26. So he's only a couple years off being a a fresh fresh young guy. So uh, you know, this should really be the prime of his career, and the man's been plagued by injuries. He, you know, he's faced a lot of, a lot of hardships along the way. Um, you know, his dad passed away, which is, which can be very affecting to somebody, especially, um, you know, 28 years of age, still very young, 
and uh, you know I, I just think he needs to you know I think a fresh start would be good for him and and we might be able to see some positivity come from from him in the Maple Leafs organization I don't know to the extent I don't know if it'll be 4.6 million worthy for the next couple years um, if he doesn't perform well this year I don't see the Maple Leafs buying him out I've, I've heard of a lot of people saying that you know if he flops this year that the Maple Leafs are going to be done with them they're going to buy him out and that's going to be the end of it uh, I don't see it being the case I see you know if you have goalies are hard to find these days and uh, he's relatively cheap for the goalies in the NHL I think uh, I was watching Steve Dangle on YouTube, and I think uh, the way he put it was there's 25 uh, starting goaltenders in the league right now that are making more than Matt Murray. So, you know, every hockey club basically is paying more for their starting goalie. And, you know, for a lot of those goalies, it's worth it. You know, it's just Sturk and uh, Hellebuck, those guys are all really fantastic goalies so it makes sense why they're, why they're making more than most of the goalies in the NHL uh, but you're taking a chance in this guy it's definitely a risk um, I see I see like it being 50-50 paying off or not and uh, you know the Leafs also get a third round pick and a seventh uh, which you know the Leafs always say Dubas is, always says you know this year he said his second round pick was a guy that could have gone in the top 10. And uh, I believe it was Frazier Minton was who they got in the second round. I believe it was 35, 35th overall. So, you know, I guess only they know that. And being the Toronto Maple Leafs, the biggest hockey organization in the NHL, from how I see it, uh, biggest hockey city, they got to have some good scouts up there. So, I mean, they know what they're talking about, but. We haven't really seen uh, too many of these. I guess Sandine, but Sandine was in the first round, I do believe. So, really, I haven't seen any of these guys come from way deep in the draft and have come up to show that, you know, they were overlooked and that they're better than everybody else. Um, not that the drafting has been off by any means, but, um, you know, this, this saying this guy could go in the top 10, I guess we'll just have to see. We can't make any. Um, suppositions on that currently but uh, third and seventh round pick basically what I'm getting at there is not a ton there if it was a second that'd be a bigger deal to me but when I see third round you know that guy's most likely going to be uh, third line at best uh, now there is the the random you know one percent chance that you draft a Vasilevsky in the seventh round and he turns out to be your starting goaltender for, you know, the next dynasty. But that's very rare. The next move we see the Toronto Maple Leafs make is, if I could pull it up here. Well, I guess we should address this. Jack Campbell gets signed by the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, you know, people are calling them the Edmonton Maple Leafs, and it makes sense because they are signing, you know, all these guys that leave Toronto. Zach Hyman left and got a big paycheck um, in Edmonton, and, you know, good for him. He was good for us, enjoyed his game. He really got into the corners and got deep and really battled for every puck, and that, you know, that is so valuable for a team. You really need 
um, a few guys that can do that, especially come playoff time, that is just so valuable because when you have everybody battling hard, you have to be the guy that battles harder, and that's who Zach Hyman was. So I definitely think his presence has been missed since he left. And uh, But it comes right down to the Maple Leafs couldn't afford him. You know, they have these tens of millions wrapped up in, in four guys, five guys, and when that happens, you can't really have room for – uh, good middle-of-the-road guys, especially, you know, when it comes to goalies. I think the Leafs have done better with their defense, but, you know, defense also. You know, you have all these millions trapped in your top six, and the, you can't you really disperse that throughout the rest of your lineup. So that's that's a big problem to me, but I don't – you can't really remedy that. You know, these guys are locked up. So you got to make do with what you got, and that's what the Leafs do with these acquisitions that I'm going to talk about. Leaf signed Ilya Samsonov to a one-year, $1.8 million contract. Uh, when I saw this, I was elated because, personally, I had Ilya Samsonov uh, many points throughout this uh, the last year's fantasy hockey season, and I really enjoyed his company on my team, uh, the Spicy Chicken Sandwich. We really enjoyed Ilya Samsonov. He gave me uh, consistent wins and uh, pretty good save percentage. I never remember having any super balled out nights where he sucked but uh he was just always you know i remember him always being good and uh, i i won my fantasy league first place out of 10 people uh so you know he was definitely a part of that i feel like so when i saw him you know in my eyes he's an all-star for the spicy chicken sandwich fantasy hockey team so i was pretty happy to see him be signed but more so signed at that uh value one year 1.8 million. Uh, I think he could have easily gotten two and a half, three million from uh, another team, but I don't know why he chose Toronto. Maybe he likes their their uh, goalie coaches, or maybe he's heard really good things. Maybe he liked what he saw out of Jack Campbell when Jack Campbell was a backup for LA, and Campbell left LA and came to Toronto, and uh, the 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 Leafs really brought his game out and showed everybody what he had to offer and really conditioned him into a starting goaltender. And, you know, he was making league minimum, I believe, for the Leafs. If if not, maybe he was signed with the Kings for like a couple million for a few years. I think that was probably how it was because I don't think I remember the Leafs re-signing him uh, any point before this year, uh, which I really believe he really came into the fold and came into his own in the past year and a half. Uh, kind of halfway uh, a season ago, um, or I guess it was a couple seasons ago, kind of at the halfway point in the year, he really came into the fold and made an impact for the Leafs at the halfway point of that year um, when Freddie was absent and doing horrible. He stepped in and really showed that he can, uh, he really showed that he could take the, the starting job and take it seriously and really perform well. So that's what he did, and Hey, Leafs couldn't afford him. He played so well, he got a 5 by 5 contract with the Oilers. And when I saw that, you know, I said, good for you. You're 30 years old and you're making really good money, money that, you know, you were expected to be making a few years after you were drafted. He was drafted in the first round really high up. And Dallas just never really did anything with him and moved him to L.A. And he didn't really do anything with L.A. And then he came to Toronto and, hey, now he's making the big bucks with the Oilers. So, just really happy to see that. Really thankful for what he did for the Maple Leafs. Soup will never be forgotten. Appreciate that guy. 
he uh he did a lot for the Leafs organization and uh just seemed like a really good guy whenever you look at interviews with him and uh but but yeah he's he's making his money now so that's that's really good for him uh but yeah Elias Samsonov is going to be a great backup for the Leafs um with the potential to maybe steal the starting job from Matt Murray if Matt Murray doesn't perform well and which is a great possibility uh and I just see I see the Leafs really really relying on both of them individually and Samsonov, you know, he's got that one-year prove-yourself contract, and he's going to really be pushing to make that. Uh, he's really going to be pushing to fulfill that, rather, and and make his money next year. Um, and if that's the case, it won't be with the Leafs. They won't have enough money if he really performs well this year. So he'll probably walk as well, and they'll have Murray and have to get another guy. Um, but you know, that's that's a discussion for the future. Uh, the next acquisition the Leafs made was uh, Nicholas Obey Kubel. Uh, most recently known for his Stanley Cup victory with the Colorado Avalanche as mostly a depth bottom six forward, and I believe that's exactly how he'll be with the Leafs. I don't think they're going to throw him in the top six whatsoever, especially at his contract being one year, a one million AAV. I just don't see him uh, really moving up in the lineup too much. I see him probably in a third-line role considering uh, he played a really big role for not a big role. You know, like I said, he was bottom six. He played a role for the Colorado Avalanche, considering that um, in their big Stanley Cup run, you know, he played a role in that. So um, I see Dubas valuing that and throwing him in the top six or the the bottom six rather, third line, probably third line center. That's where I see him fitting. The next acquisition uh, that we see the Leafs make is. Um, Another rather small one. And before I get into that, actually, I want to talk about uh, Ilya Mikheyev. I'm really going to miss that guy. He was a big forward who was fast, one of the fastest big guys I've ever seen. Uh, you know, he just looked like an absolute unit on the ice. And he would just glide around like it was nothing. Like he was, you know, one of the fastest hockey players in the league. And that's very rare for a player to find in a player. And, you know, I'm really going to miss that. But... Again, happy for him. He left, and I believe he's on a four-year, $4.5 million contract. Uh, yeah, four years, four, $4.5 Um That's just a, a fantastic uh, deal for him. You know, he's making his money now with the Vancouver Canucks. They're going to use him in a top six role, definitely. Um, he might even play first line, and that's something that he very rarely got to do in Toronto. And if he did, it was for a very short time. But uh, I could really see him coming into his own next year and being a big impact for the Vancouver Canucks. Um, you know, he's still he's still younger and he's developing. And I think the Leafs really molded him into a, a good player, clearly, because he got that contract. So, yeah, good for him. Um, but moving on to this smaller acquisition, Adam Gaudet from the uh, Ottawa Senators, one year, 750000 this is really a depth move. Gaudet's moved around the league a, a bit, and uh, he's just never really found a home anywhere where he can perform and really develop. So the Leafs are just taking a flyer on him and clearly Dubas sees something in him. So um, I trust Dubas, and I think, uh, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's an okay move. Uh, not great, you know, not hugely influential to anything, but 
you know, it's a move nonetheless. Uh, the next move the Leafs made was another smaller move. Um, and that's what you're going to notice with the, Le the, the Leafs this offseason. And that's really why, you know, I'm not super hyped about uh, what they've done, you know. Um, they've it, just been okay, I feel like. Not super elated, but uh, I think it's also good to mention who they've lost. And another guy they've lost is Andre Kasha. They lost him to the Carolina Hurricanes, who gave him a pretty cheap contract for how he played. I feel like, you know, they signed him one year, $1.5 And that's a steal in my mind. That's a big win for the Hurricanes because I really enjoyed Kasha's company on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think he'll be sorely missed. I think, you know, despite even his, despite his injuries, uh, he played a good role when he did. And sometimes he filled in the top six even. Uh, very, very versatile on the ice. Very, um, you know, agile. He'd jump into cut passes off and steal pucks uh, very frequently. And I think the Leafs definitely took an L there. And they should have tried to at least free him up, free up a, mil a million and a half. I think you could do that for Kasha. I, I believe he's owed at least that, but who knows? Maybe he went to Dubas and said, you know, I want to go play for the Hurricanes, and Dubas, you know, was just like, okay, man, go. You're, you're good. Go ahead. We'll miss you, but good luck. And that's that's how I really see it going down because I don't think Dubas would have let him go. Um, but that's my opinion on that. Uh, I don't, don't really like to see him go, but like I said, it is what it is. Leafs signed Jordy Ben to a one-year 750000 When I saw this, I was actually pretty happy. A lot bigger than Adam Gaudet, for sure. And for the same money, I think you're getting a steal with Jordy Ben. Uh, just knows his game. He's not going to be fast. He's not going to score. He's not going to, you know, take the puck up the ice in an agile fashion again and, and, and make a big play and, you know, go coast-to-coast coast with the puck and pot it like we saw Morgan Riley do last season. He's not going to do that. His role for the Leaves is going to be a seventh-man defenseman where you can fill him in wherever you need to, where whenever somebody needs a rest, whenever Mo Morgan Riley needs, you know, a break, whenever he's tired after a back-to-back, -back, maybe he's, you know, feeling his ankles, feeling a little bit tendy. Maybe you just, uh, you know, take, take Riley out and throw Jordy Ben in and, and move everybody up, you know. Uh, I would be very comfortable with hearing Jordy Benz in the lineup tonight to replace so-and-so. Or even if he's in a bottom-pairing defenseman role. I just, when I hear Jordy Ben, I think, hey, that's a solid defenseman that knows his job, knows his duty, and performs it well. So very, very, very happy about that acquisition. Uh, I think it's underrated among Leafs fans. Um, Leafs also signed Victor Mete to a one-year 750000 Another Ottawa Senator, again, uh, you know, another small guy like Goddard. Don't see anything super big coming from Mete. Another, I don't really see him as a seventh man defenseman. I see him as more of an eighth man defenseman. Uh, but hey, if the Leafs do make a trade here in the future, I'll do a quick podcast on it and talk about my opinion of it. Um, that really looks to be what they're planning, considering they're getting these defensemen uh, on cheap deals. Um, these guys will probably be bottom pairing if they do trade out. People are saying they're going to trade out Hole, or uh, or possibly um, you know somebody else. Uh, Kerfoot has been mentioned. 
and you know Dubas has got to do what he's got to do so you know again uh, when that happens I'll probably make a quick podcast on that and give my two cents on it uh, one of the bigger moves actually um, the last one uh, the, the last move well one of the last moves I'll be talking about that the Leafs make made uh, in this off season so far is they signed Callie Yarncroak to a four-year, $2.1 million contract. Uh, clearly, Dubas has liked what he's seen with Yarncroak. Yarncroak wasn't given a big opportunity with the Flames, and I think he just told Dubas, you know, I'll be a 30, 35-point guy for you, and if you sign me to a longer contract, you know, I pledge myself to the Leafs, and uh, I will give you exactly what I tell you. Um, Callie Yarncroak was great a great player for Nashville. He was really came into his own and he he really came into his own and just really performed well with them. And when he went to the flames, they just didn't really use him in a proper role. And that showed with his point production, I believe he had one goal in 30 games. So that's going to hit your value. That's going to take a hit to your value. And, you know, before I could have seen Yarn Croak signing, re-signing with Nashville or signing with a different team for four or five million, based on how he was playing with Nashville. But he got traded to uh, the the Flames, and his career really fell off there because they didn't use him in a proper role, clearly, uh, or at least the same role as Nashville did to optimize his production, and that showed. And when you only get one goal in 30 games, you're not going to get more than two million, I'd hope. So, uh, yeah, I, I do like that move. I think it's another one that it's going to be 50-50. I think it could end up being really good, and he could get 20 goals and, you know, 35, 40 points, and that would be very, that'd look very good on Dubas's end. Um, but I could also see it going the other way and him only being a 20-point player. And then us saying, okay, we have this guy for four years. I mean, only at $2 million, but still he's wrapped up for four years, so that kind of stinks. So I could see us being in that situation as well. last move I'm talking about is the Leafs re-signing Pierre Engvall. Um, I never really was a big fan of Engvall in years past. Uh, you know, we would call him a big lug. He was just kind of on the ice, and he kind of just would just be there. He would just be a presence that you know, you wouldn't really expect, you know, you don't hear the announcers saying, oh, there's Pierre Engvall going up the ice, you, you know, you never really heard that, he was just invisible, and that's the biggest description of him in the last couple of years he's been with Toronto, but just recently in this last year, man, has he ever been visible, he has been a guy that is visible, not invisible, he is a visible player, and he's out there doing great things for the Leafs he's taking pucks he's shooting pucks he's scoring pucks and he's making plays and he's, he's using his body more which we never saw you know he's got this big frame I think he's like 6'3 200 pounds but we never would see this frame be used but now we're seeing him get in the corners throw some hits and you know he was a staple on the third line the Leafs third line so one year 2.25 million that's a great contract, in my opinion. Uh, I really like that. He could have easily signed for $3 million in my mind with how he played last year. I think he had 35 points. So there's that. Really happy with Dubas there. I think Engvall definitely took a shot of his value for the organization. And, you know, I appreciate that from Pierre Engvall. He really enjoys the Leafs, and I enjoy him enjoying the Leafs. 
So thank you, Pierre Engvall, for taking a shot on your value. I think he could have easily gotten three million from another team if he wanted to, but you know he didn't. He stuck with the Maple Leafs, and hopefully we'll see that pan out next year. I feel like I say that every year, but you know you got to stay hopeful. You can't lose hope in the team you've been cheering for, uh, the team you've chosen to cheer for. So love that acquisition. Love that not acquisition. Love that re-signing. Excuse me. And uh, look forward to seeing what he has to do in this next year. I could see him being a 45-50 point player next season. And at that point, again, Leafs are going to lose him because they can't afford a 45-50 to 50 point player. At the value in this league, you know, that's that's a player that gets a salary of around 4 or $5 million, And the league just can't afford that. So it's... Uh, it's salty but sweet, as I would put it, that signing. You know, it's sweet because, you know, you get a guy that you know is going to be really good, but at the same time, you know that you're probably not going to be able to keep that guy because of your current cap state. So that's where I'm at with that trade out, or with that uh, re-signing and with the Leafs moves as a whole. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this first episode on Dave Talks Hockey. Appreciate you, you all being here along the ride. Um, and I'll see you next time, ladies and gents.